down goes the back-to-back number one draft pick. Plus, Michelle and Amira get dunked. Desi shows out. Amanda is riding high. Sebastian picked the worst bed possible to hook up in. And Wes is silenced and out-argued beautifully by Michaela in one of many pieces of evidence that the CBS women are here to run this game. It's the Challenge USA 2 Episode 2 recap coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future, if it's happening in the challenge universe. We are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollibaugh. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me today, coming to you live from Maine, a little bit later than anticipated. Again, not as much my fault this time around. I don't know if I was the only one. I don't think I was the only one, but the schedule on CBS got all kinds of messed up last night. I was not able to watch until I'm on Eastern time at this moment. And instead of being at nine o'clock, it was like 10 something before I could even watch the episode. And at first I thought it was YouTube TV's fault. And then I found out seemingly it seemed like it was kind of everywhere in the country. They were backed up on programming or what have you. I don't know. Is six, is that many, are that many people really still watching 60 minutes? Could we not have just bumped big brother and CBS into the regular times and played 60 minutes later? I'm probably very wrong. I bet there's like three X the amount of people that watch 60 minutes as do big brother or the challenge. Certainly I digress anyway. So we're here bright and early again, the six o'clock hour this time, instead of the five o'clock hour, like the last one was recorded and we're at least in a cabin and not in a car. So we're, we're working our way back to regularity here at the challenge historian. And we are of course here to talk USA Two episode two recap here. So program reminders before we begin, Nothing other than just USA 2 twice a week for the next couple of weeks. As long as there's two episodes a week, which they'll do two more of those episodes, three and four, five and six will come out Thursday, Sunday. So keep those clocks dialed in for Thursdays and Sunday nights to watch and then listen the next day to the pod. But as long as there's two a week for that, that's all there will be for the podcast. Once it drops down to just one a week, we will start to mix and match some other things in. So, That's that agenda for the day will be typical recap agenda. We've got storylines. We've got awards. We've got power rankings. We've got predictions. That's what we're running through. Thanks as always for being here. If you want to get in touch, you want to chat challenge at challenge historian on Instagram. And with that, let's dive in. Picking off the storylines. There is a couple standout storylines from this episode. And I will say a bit I don't know if I want to say a hundred percent turn from episode one into episode two, as far as who was featured, where the story was, because this episode was very vet centric, but in a way that uh, a lot of other people were involved in discussing in the topic matter, in the kind of plot line being about the six MTV vets, but a lot of others being involved. But some of the biggest faces from episode one, not as much screen time in episode two. You know, Josh really wasn't present in this episode, kind of was everything in episode one. The only one that carried over was Michelle, definitely very present in both. So there's a bunch of things to talk about, which is really nice and really fun. We're going to kick it off, though, with Amanda, who I think 
needs to be the first thing talked about. The, the main storyline coming out of this episode, was, there was two of them in my mind, an alliance that had formed. We will get to that second. The other one, though, that I think deserves to go first is Amanda because it starts the episode. It ends the episode. It's in the middle of the episode. She is very, very present in this episode. And it starts with Amanda versus Michelle. Amanda is coming in. She's carrying those rivalries over. And in a, you know, more interesting than maybe almost any season we've seen from her, it's not just that she has the rivalry. She always finds a way to have those, but she doesn't have the support. And that's the thing that stood out when her versus Michelle, her versus Tori, and kind of throughout the whole episode. And I'll, we'll see if that changes. We, you know, we, we pondered coming into the season, would she within the Amanda versus Tori? And I had kind of forgotten how much, or I didn't expect how much there would still be Amanda versus Michelle. Um, if some of the other women from the CBS shows and everything would, you know, be watching, would be kind of team one side or the other. And clearly, if anything, they're team Michelle because of the alliance that we will get to in a minute. But it's a little interesting to watch Amanda without the backing of the couple besties in the house without an Ashley or someone else there to kind of be on her side or a partner specifically to back her up. Cause her team, uh, you know, is rooting her on during the daily, during the daily challenge, but otherwise it's not like we're team Amanda. We're, you know, riding for this person there. She's just the person that's on their team. Um, and that that's that to them. And especially, you know, Wes is the other vet on her team and like could care less about her and her well being in the game seemingly. So it's interesting to watch that. She goes at Michelle to start the episode. You know, Michelle knows Amanda's one of the people that wanted to vote for her and get her into the elimination. They have a little back and forth. Then, then they get back to the house and immediately Amanda starts to try to, or tries to start shit over Fessy, which is kind of hilarious. It's kind of hilarious. That moment is great where they're kind of yelling at each other over it and, bananas is you know in the background fessy you know come come handle your women or whatever he's yelling and they just like flash to fessy just like chilling in a bed like not even knowing that this is happening and this is what has to be said about this if if because i wouldn't say that it is but i'm sure plenty of you listening might if hooking up with fessy is an l if you take an L by hooking up with Fessy, as all of these women are, are accusing each other of, or in Tori's case last season saying like, I'm going to give that to myself. That was an L. That was a bad moment. That's a mistake. That's a walking mistake over there. That was a funny, funny line that she had back then. But if it's an L hooking up or dating Fessy, then Amanda is the one that has to carry it. Not Michelle or even Tori. It's Amanda. So when she's going at Michelle over this, it's like, no, 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 no. Like you were the one that like, hooked up with him throughout uh, Spies, Lies, and Allies, even as he hooked up with a couple other women in the house, and you continued to and said that was okay, eventually said that was okay. You were the one that actually visited each other outside of the game multiple times, and then, yes, Michelle and him had a little meetup, and then they met up again at the reunion, and you read her the riot act at the reunion over that, but then there was almost another attempt between you and Fessy. So, like, you're the only one that tried to date the guy. Everyone else just, you know, hooked up with them on the show or at the reunion or whatnot. Michelle, maybe a little bit tried to maybe actually date. Um, but if anyone's carrying the L, if the L needs to be passed around for hooking up or dating Fessy, Amanda is carrying it more than the other women. So that, that interaction was kind of hilarious. And, uh, I don't think was a, a great look for Amanda. And I think Michelle handled it very well. Just being like, 
yeah, I'm not, I'm not concerned about you. You yelled at me a bunch during the one reunion. Like, great. I'm not concerned about this like hookup that I had in the past. Like, cool. doesn't matter. doesn't matter for me in general. doesn't matter in this game. Certainly whatever. So that's that. Amanda then also, uh, you know, has the fun at the daily challenge. She gets across. Michelle does not, but it is important to note that Michelle clearly has been, whether she wanted to be in this rivalry with Amanda or not, she's fully invested herself because she is sitting there on the edge of her seat, even though she is standing at the time, waiting, hoping, praying Amanda will fall as well. So this is a true rivalry now. Uh, if there was a Rivals 4 season anytime soon, you better believe Amanda and Michelle are getting cast as rivals. It's it's locked in. But Amanda also has Tori in the house, and her and Tori also get into it this episode. She, you know... Tori also falls. Amanda doesn't. And Amanda really likes that. And during which Tori does get in one of the best jokes of the episode at Amanda's expense, the little comment of, you know, well, man, Amanda's not actually really much of a challenge. Great. So she kind of needs something, you know, that, that, that was great. That was nice. Wonderful pettiness from Tori loved it. And then they have a funny interaction that we do see when they get back to the house, which I really enjoyed. And I thought Tori was like leaning in, in the right ways that are, I'm, you know, I, my meter with Tori is on the upswing again through two episodes. I will say that uh, as someone who, you know, loved, loved, loved her on Dirty 30. And then like many slowly fell out of love, but not nearly as much just kind of went to neutral. Whereas a lot of others have kind of just gone full negative on her or all, all of the people she's typically aligned with in the game and everything. I've just kind of dropped a little bit neutral. And now I will say through two episodes, I'm a little bit on the upswing this season, which funny how when you just remove the one big relationship storyline that was overdone season after season with her, we can have a little more fun and we can be kind of more enjoyable. And also though, she's kind of leaning in. Like I love how she handles the interaction with Amanda. And that's what we saw according to Amanda on Twitter, who's been very active on Twitter during the first couple of episodes, always a good thing to go check in with what she and really everyone on the show has to say that is not being shown. There was supposedly a bunch of interactions between her and Tori that have not been shown and her and some other folks that have not been shown interactions of the yelling variety, or at least of the argumentative variety. So as always, I'm not going to do a big monologue about it, a big diatribe about it, this podcast, as I do it too often, but, and I did it with the first episode, kind of said, you know, the death of the reality portion of the show. Um, it's just pure strategy and pure game at this point, but man, we know it's there. We know it's not the cast's fault. The cast is giving it to us. We're hearing from them. Hey, there's a lot of shit. Same as last on Rider Dies when we're like, there is massive fights going on in this house and they're just not showing any of it or any remnants of it or anything. And I would love to see it. I would love to see all the fun times that are being had because yet again, they the, the, the official challenge account is posting photos of all of the people on this cast having a damn good time together. And it's like, I don't, I didn't see, I haven't seen any of that yet. I would like to see that make the show longer. It could be 90 minutes. If you actually like use some of that extra time to show us some of that stuff. Anyways, I said, I wasn't going to do it. And then I started to do it. I'm going to stop. I will admit last thing on Amanda. I love Amanda on the show. Almost always pretty. I think always I've always loved Amanda on the show. She has necessity and really enjoy her on the show. But I also in thinking she's great for the show. Also just independently fit like, subjectively like Amanda and enjoy all of it while also knowing that it's really good for the show. And this is the first time where I've felt myself 
slipping a little bit of like, I still acknowledge it's really good for the show. Uh, but my enjoyment of it has slipped just a tiny bit. Like the shtick got a little sticky for me in this second episode. And it, it was really that like, she doesn't have anyone to help her or defend her and back her up in these arguments. And so it's a little more laid bare and I'm a little more like, mm, do you really need to be upset with these people right now? Like, do you really need to be, I don't, I, you know, is uh, do you need to be calling yourself the devil multiple times already through the first two episodes yet when you have don't need there, nothing necessitates you being the devil towards anyone quite yet in this house? Uh, so that's where I'm at with Amanda, uh, but still amazing, amazing, amazing episode as usual. And oh, the last thing she has officially replaced Corey and anyone else who wanted to be in the running for the person who has a child on the show. I don't know if you know this, but Amanda has a son and she is there for that son. And she, a new, a challenge tradition, not old as time hasn't been there forever, but has been certainly in the recent years, last five years, maybe 10 seasons or so of the challenge is the person who's there for the child. A few people have held the honor of like, it's really overdone and it's not their choice. They're doing hundred, you know, hours and hours and hours of confessionals, and then the producers are picking what of that they're going to use. So this is an editing thing, not a, like a critique of Amanda at all for talking about her son and how much she loves him. That's wonderful. She's an amazing mom. Hats off to her. It's an editing thing where like we get it, producers and editors. We're we're well aware. You don't need to keep play us any more clips of Amanda talking about her son and confessional. We're well aware. You don't need to play us any clips, maybe one, because we haven't got one yet, and like a little check-in on Corey's children, but otherwise we probably don't need that, you know? Like, so uh yeah, Amanda's there for her son, and the editors will make sure that we know that repeatedly as long as she is there. Now, the second topic to talk about, which easily could have been the first, because it's my biggest takeaway from this episode and the thing that's most exciting, and I'm glad to see is getting folks excited, at least from, you know, the, the as always, when I say <laughs> I see something or whatever, I'm just talking about Twitter and, and Instagram after, but in the immediacy, I'm on Twitter during the episodes and immediately after I'm on other social channels and listening to the podcast and reading different things and everything like that afterwards and so that stuff leaks into commentary down the line but in the immediate reaction if i ever say like it looks like people are fans are liking this i'm just talking about the people that you can see on twitter so um it at least looks like twitter was happy and loving just as much as i was this new cbs women alliance and how they are approaching this game how they are attacking it how they are there to not let the vets get any single bit of a foothold on this game any single bit of you know their hands over the politics and the strategy now they're going out first second third all in a row they're taking names and by the cbs women we're talking desi michaela chanel michelle tiffany Alyssa, and We'll throw in Alyssa Snyder as well, kind of, even though she's not there. That I, It's tough with the cameras in the small rooms. You don't totally know who's always in there. But Tiffany does list both Alyssa's when kind of listing and confessional out who the alliance is. But super strong is Desi, Michaela, Chanel, M Michelle, and Tiffany. And then the Alyssa's both. Alyssa L seems to be more a part of it. And Alyssa S seems to maybe be a little bit a part of it. But that's between five and seven women strong and they seem ready to go ready to take the game ready to you know stay a strong alliance all the way through which would be a fascinating run if they were able to do so and then be able to get right at the very end 
would maybe be where that seven becomes a five and the two Alyssas do find themselves more so on the outs if we get to a who's going to make a final situation. But this is fantastic. It's refreshing. Please keep this up, ladies. Please, 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 please hold strong because the number one gripe really of fans that everything came down to on double agents, spies, lies, and allies, rider dies, and even world championships, that run, this most recent run of seasons has been how easy the vacation Alliance and how easy like the super vets in general have had it. Their numbers have usually been so big that it was very easy for them to just run the game with their friends. And even in the case of a spies, lies and allies, when the numbers were purposely seemingly purposely put where they could be outnumbered by all these rookies and everything on that season, no one took advantage of it. They decided a few of them just immediately decided I want to play with them. Emmy, and then that that was that they you know ran the season again and so someone's finally stepping up and saying we're newer to this game than you but we have the numbers and we're not going to relinquish them we're not gonna let you weasel your way in talk us out of anything we'll deal with there being too many of us to make a final when we have to once you are all gone i love it it's amazing it's so good for the show and it makes sense these women all know how to strategize they see the board clearly and super importantly, they know each other outside of the game, which they hint at a couple times here. Tiffany, especially is kind of the leader of this group as far as like narrating it outwards to us. And maybe just actually is the leader of the group, but as far as narrating it to us in confessional and everything kind of references and you know, or you know, if you pay attention and follow all these people on social and are really locked in the way I hope to be most of the time. They, the reality TV world is just so tight outside the show and especially Big Brother and Survivor between all the events and the watch parties and everything else. And they kind of live in the same circles and areas. And in Tiffany's case, you know, has the pod, brings a bunch of people on the podcast uh, all from all over. So like she knows and likes and is friends with a lot of these girls outside the show, even though we haven't seen them be on a show together. And those relationships run deep. And it matters and it really helps them be able to come in and say, not just, hey, look around, we should be an alliance, we should have each other's backs, but also like, we do know each other a little bit, we are friends a little bit. So like, it's fine, there's a little bit more of a comfortability than just like, rookies who have never met don't have any idea who each other are anything like that no history to go off no information to go off they've got plenty enough for a solid foundation and now they've got the strategy and the leadership to turn that foundation into a great great alliance and we'll see if that stays that way one person to call out though specifically within this is michelle uh, Michaela a little too but michaela did one you know was on one season of the flagship show and was there for like two days so not as much as michelle who's done multiple and like stuck around a long time and feels a little more like you know she's a true crossover mtv person with cbs person um she in particular getting in with this crew is massive and a great choice on her part great strategy on her part and it kind of solidifies that it's official that the crossover people are not viewed the same as the straight mtv people it seems mostly because of those relationships outside the game. BB and Survivor are strong relationships outside the game. They do lots of those events together. They're on each other's pods. They're in each other's lives. They're living in the same city. They're all hanging out. They're doing the workout videos together, all, all that stuff. And the challenge people get in on that too, but the challenge is a little, and maybe it is just because they're on MTV or whatever, and there's less like 
you know, in the immediacy of being on a big brother or a survivor or amazing race, you're at like CBS promoted stuff or whatever. I don't know, but there is that slight divide, some crossover, but these people are tight outside the game. And those, those relationships seem to matter. And Michelle just feels like I'm a part of this CBS reality community. And it feels like that's the way they view everyone. And I'm very interested to see if Pauly, Fessy and Josh uh, on the men's side of things, because Michaela and Michelle on the women's side of things have successfully been like, we're in the CBS group. We're not MTV vets. Those are just those six people. And they have continually referred to like the six vets. So Polly, Fessy and Josh, not a part of that, have relationships on both sides a little more than anyone would. So I'm interested to see where they end up. If they're like in this alliance, I think Josh will be the first to be like, hmm, why not promise all of these people the same thing I've promised all the vets and everything might not. I think Polly remains the wild card. I think Fessy might be the first to be like, well, I'm kind of been working with these, uh, the vets a lot more. And I think you're going to look at me as kind of a threat. So I feel like I might tip towards this side of the line. We shall see, but the Alliance is strong of the CBS women. They ran things in this episode and have the potential to run things for many, many episodes, if not the whole season to come. Then we have the sporting events of the episode. We'll run through these really quick. We get two eliminations and a daily challenge. The first elimination, Michelle versus Amira. Uh, it, I was devastated when they said that, you know, it's going to be a woman. They sent Luis back up. Not that I wanted Luis to go home or necessarily the men, but if, when he they sent him back up, it was like Michelle or Desi's going in. Michelle or Desi could go home. Those are my two ladies. Those are my two favorites on this whole season. I want one of those two to win more than anyone else on the season. And so I was like, this is this is bad, but whoever gets called, they'll win. They'll take care of business. Sorry, Amira, you got to go home. Michelle gets called. Michelle takes care of business. The game itself was cool. It was not great television. Um, so uh, it was cool. It was interesting. Uh, I, I liked it, Other, but it's not. it wasn't great television, which is why they just raced right on through it, which was fine. Shout out to the one time, though. It did remind me of a couple challenges of old, and the one in particular that deserves a shout out is Brad, I believe on Vendetta's or Final Reckoning, because I believe they were making jokes about him and Britain. No, it might have been early. I don't know. It was There was a time where Brad was inside of a tank of water and the goal was to get the water out of the tank. And he just went like wild, like humping, grabbed like the corner of the tank and would just like hump the water over and over and just slosh it back and forth and go wild and crazy. And I, I had flashbacks of that. The memory wasn't perfectly clear, but I remembered seeing that and was like, this kind of reminds me of that. But anyways, cool game. Not great television. Glad they rushed through it. Glad Michelle won. Sorry to Amira, an early exit again. The Daily Challenge. I fucking love the daily challenge. So good. So good. There were so many dailies in the early days, which by the way, whenever I say the early days, I mean the first 10 seasons, just for clarification, for some uh, terminology here. If I say the early days, I am almost certainly regarding or referring to the first 10 seasons of the show. So many dailies in the early days were just hang on something as long as you can. Daily challenges, eliminations, all kinds of things were just hang on that thing as long as you can. We strapped up, you know, 20 weight bags, uh, over the water, you're going to hang on it. We're going to pull put you out over the water who can hang on the longest. And it was very simple, very easy. And it was kind of fun. And then after that, 
it turned into it kind of graduated to hang and swing across things. And there was many, many daily challenges over like the teens of the show that were like, get from one platform to the other using these hanging swinging things. And those stuck around in the twenties, but they've kind of then dissipated. And so I loved having this simple setup that kind of reminded me of old things that used to happen on the show in different eras of the show while being this kind of new three team version. I thought it was fun. I thought it was a very difficult challenge. I thought it was clearly um, you know, but by, by the fact of who got across and who didn't, it made it clear this was just as much about strategy and thinking your way through this as it was just physically being strong enough to like climb across these or anything like that. So I loved it. Perfect game. Absolutely. A plus all around good television, good viewing, good strategy, good physical, ev everything, everything about it was great. Shout out to Desi going two for two. Very impressive. Shout out to Amanda for getting across. That was, that was impressive. Um, to Tyler for showing a little something uh, as far as, you know, one of the ones, Tyler and Sebastian, I believe, as far as some of the newer guys uh, like showing a little something when some of the vet guys were falling left and right, except for one, which is a big time shout out to bananas because I, I, I know it, we could be tricked by the editing or whatever. I don't think we were in this case. I think bananas got across this thing in like 15 seconds. It was just like, this is how it's done. This is how you swing. This is how you use momentum. And then this is how you coach a part or another teammate through it and help them at the end. Like it was a masterclass and you know, he's done more of these than anyone he's done plenty of eliminations like this because he was around back when they still did eliminations, even like this or daily challenges, excuse me, like this. So shout out to him. Daily challenge. Absolutely loved it. And then the third and final sporting event of the episode, we get John Avers, Tori, you know, that Alliance does its job. They, they, they hold, they get Tori in there first and foremost, which we will talk about Michaela's performance at the nominations in a minute, which was a masterclass. Um, they get Tori in and then they successfully get not like an overwhelming amount of votes on John a, but plenty enough to get the odds in their favor. You know, a third of them, I believe it was five out of 15 are on John a, they get the matchup. They want two champs, two vets, and it was not great for John a, this was not the game she wanted to be playing versus the person she wanted to be playing against. Certainly not. And it was a little shocking, uh, that they allowed this game was as long as it was, um, seems a little dangerous to me as the great, Alan Aguirre pointed out on Twitter and I was, it kind of put it in perspective of me like, holy shit, that's, that's so true. Balls in is five rounds or less, five rounds or less. So depending how the score is. So five rounds at most of getting tackled or trying to tackle someone 10 total times being tackled or getting tackled max. This was like, was it 30 balls that they said they were going to do? Like if they were out there 10, 20, 30 minutes, who knows how long, just pushing each other into the wall repeatedly and then tackling each other into the ground repeatedly. And it seemed like a lot. It seemed like a lot more punishment than it was necessary. Like it seemed like this could have been, Hey, there's, you know, 10 of them. And you know, the first five are worth one, the second five are worth two or something like that. Maybe there's one magical three point or something like that. Uh, but it seemed like a lot. And especially when it became clear, which at no shade to John a, Tori is an absolute beast. Okay. And so it became clear early on, like, yes, John a could tackle Tori and like do some damage and, you know, make her work really hard, but Tori could fuck John a up. And it seemed like it was way too long and they allowed it to be like, it should, it should have just been less balls. Okay. That's it. That's it. It was insane. Um, also the wall under the little ball drop, the actual wall that Tori kept repeatedly just shoving John a's head into should have been padded for God's sake. Like, 
come on, at least pad that part. Let the tackling in the sand be tackling in the sand. I don't, it, it seems a little dangerous to me. Tori's an absolute animal complain all you want. I saw a lot of complaints. It happens every time she only gets physical eliminations, but you know, the one elimination she went into on rider dies was the balance communication puzzle thing. First elimination of the season. So not exclusively physical. And the other thing people seem to forget when they want to complain about a Tory or a fessy or any of the big, strong people on the show, when they want to complain about like, why do they all, they got, Oh, look, the big, strong person gets a, you know, an elimination that requires you to be big and strong. You can, you, if you want to make the complaint, the complaint is too many of the eliminations are for big, strong people. Too many of the eliminations are physical. That's your complaint. It's not that, oh, this is rigged and Tori gets always gets a physical elimination. What do you know? No, like it, most of the eliminations are physical and most of them uh, are advantageous to big, strong people. And so the odds would then say that when Tori gets thrown in odds are in her favor, she's going to get a physical elimination and probably even one that favors a big, strong person. And so that is what has happened more often than not, but not every time, certainly. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, bad luck of the draw for John a, and it definitely is just something the challenge has come to really make the dailies, not as much favor, like big, 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 strong people, but the elimination, certainly there is, an overwhelming majority of them favor the people who are bigger and stronger. Those are the main things. There's different ones. You need a fully balanced skill set if you want to be ready for any possible elimination. But uh, there's a reason a Tori and a Fessy can make it to a lot of finals because they're more often than not like, okay, I might go into one to three eliminations this season. And there's a very good chance that those one to three all are ones I'm good at. And there's a small chance there's one like what Fessy ran into at the end of Rider Dies, where it's like, whew, this is the opposite. You want a small, agile person, not a big hulking guy who's, you know, not as good at balance. And so then you you run the risk of going out in flames very quickly when you are the big strong people on the show. But you also have the advantage of things are catered to you and the probabilities are in your favor. So Sad to see John A go first time being eliminated in a very long time. I think, I believe since X is two or something along that lines, but back-to-back number one draft pick, you know, John A raised the resume yet again this season. And it was great getting to see her over on the CBS product. Final quick thoughts on the storylines before we move to the awards, just some random smattering of things. Um, They have to make it males only next time, right? Or are they just going to hope it will, you know, balance itself out? Because second time in a row, a female name is drawn. And if you allow this total chance, there's a world in which like four straight female names are drawn. And suddenly like all these women are going home and no men are going home. And, you know, they, they have a little bit of a hand as far as voting in. They could exclusively, they could get everyone in the house to say, hey, we need a guy to go home. So like everyone vote for a male. So there's no women's names in the hopper, but I doubt you're ever going to get hundred percent. Cause like, you're not going to convince all of the guys to do that probably. Uh, and so I'm guessing at some point, the production will be like, you know, TJ will say, Hey, today, the winners, you have to put two males up for elimination in somehow, some way dude. I don't know. Cause I guess then there's no way to do like who goes in when someone's name is drawn. I don't know. It's very confusing, but Maybe they just, maybe this is where, you know, people's conspiracies about the hopper is rigged will come into play of somehow this will balance out and maybe they won't tell us. I don't know. Other thing I wanted to talk about who will be the first to switch teams because I thought Tori should have switched teams. I thought Tori should have replaced Amanda. She should have just been like, you know what? 
put me with Wes and Desi. That team already dominated today and won, and I will replace their weakest link, and I will go in and replace you know one of the weaker links on the female side with one of the stronger ones on the female side, and I think we'll be able to dominate and will certainly be much better than what I left of the blue team. And uh, so I thought she should have done that. She does not. I think the only person who possibly in episode three, if we want to see someone switch in the next elimination, I think bananas 100% would, if he goes in the next elimination and wins, I think he would 100% go to green and put himself with Wes and Desi. I don't think anyone else would next time. I think there's some people who'd be more susceptible the further we get into the season, but I'm looking forward to someone switching. Um, I'm hoping this is more of a war of the world's two scenario than a spies, lies and allies scenario. We're on spies, lies and allies. There was all this switching almost every time it was switching. It was kind of annoying, kind of muddied, but on war of the world's two, where you could turn code, it was like, no one does it. No one does it. No one does it until it makes really sense. And it's really dramatic. And the plot is great of Jordan and Tori finally being like, you know what? We need to be on the other team. Our team's not looking out for us. We're going to go over there. Now that we've taken out all these people from the other team, we're going to go over there. And it really worked as a great story and plot. And it didn't so much on Spies, Lies, and Allies. So I hope we get that version of it. But I would love to see Bananas go in, win, swap over, and Bananas and Wes just be teammates for once and all. Be on a team together. And uh, yeah, I think we could see a super team formed. And it definitely could have been. That's why... I really, I mean, I really wish Tori would have switched. I wish she was replaced Amanda. And then I wish bananas could have been like, Hey, you can throw me in now too. And if I win, I'm going to go over there and it's going to be Desi, Tori, Wes and bananas and good luck trying to beat us. Last final thing. Romance has picked up steam Tori and Sebastian. We, you know, at least got a little story building of the romance this episode, a little bit. It was funny. The bedroom scene was hilarious. These bedrooms were not made for romance in this house. That is for damn sure. And we get on the next week on Tyler and Alyssa S and which we knew about from the trailer, Josh and Cassidy is well coming soon. Whew. We'll have thoughts on that when it actually materializes on our TV screens. Let's go to the awards. In the awards corner, we got best quote, best moment, episode MVP, four best quote, three nominees, Tori up first with that dig at Amanda that we referenced earlier. Honestly, I'm happy for Amanda because she is barely a challenge great, so she needs to do something good to be here. End quote. Pettiness is wonderful. Love pettiness. And it was really petty and really wonderful. Great job, Tori. Second one, Tiffany. I ain't ever been a stripper, okay? But, I mean, you know, we might like a nice poll here and there. End quote. Tiffany could have had two or three others. I will admit by the time we get to watch this episode, it was very late at night for me. I may or may not, you know, I've been on vacation. I may or may not have consumed a few drinks and everything. The note taking maybe not as good as it normally is during an episode. So I know Tiffany had some great confessionals. She was the confessional queen of this particular episode. Uh, that was the one I wrote down to be her nominee for quote, but she could have had others. And then bananas. It's almost like watching a candle melt, watching Josh on this freaking thing. It's like only a matter of time till he drops, drips off and falls into the water and quote, perfectly timed with him actually literally looking like candle wax dripping off the bottom and into the water. Those are your three nominees. I'm giving it to Tiffany. Uh, because out of respect for the fact that I didn't write down the other good quotes that I know she did have, and she was very entertaining in the confessional booth, deserving of the win this week. As for the best moment, first nominee, the flashes to Fessy, just chilling while Amanda and Michelle argue about him, or Amanda tries to argue with Michelle about him, and she kind of shuts it down. That was a very funny little moment. 
the Tori and Amanda interaction right after getting back from the daily was very, very funny. I really enjoyed that. And I enjoyed how Tori was trying to handle that. And I enjoyed Amanda kind of playing along with it in that moment. I wish we would have seen the even more fireworks between them that supposedly happened, but uh, I guess we're just going to have to leave that to social media. Third one, Tori and Sebastian in the bed with everyone around them. I just referenced it a moment ago, but there, uh, so Sebastian's bed is one of four twin beds in a very tight room where only four twin beds can basically fit. And for some reason, they don't, if they want to cuddle up for the night, like they don't go find a couch, they don't pull an old school West move and like carry a, a mattress out to some other room. They decide, yeah, our my room where three other guys are already sound asleep snoring, as they say, like a, an orchestra or symphony of snores in the room. Why don't we go sit in there and then like talk out loud, even though these other three are sleeping and like, are the lights actually on? Or is that like night, like really good camera work? I don't know, but it was hilarious and funny. I was like, guys, just go. Like if everyone else is asleep, just go anywhere else in the house. Like you've got the house to yourself. Okay. Like just go there. Or like what's Tori's bed situation. It can't be worse than whatever this bed situation is. Can it? Uh, She's actually in a room with Amanda. That would be hilarious. I don't know. So That was funny. And then fourth and finally, Michaela at nominations, the moment of the episode, the winner, not just nominee, the winner handling Wes's arguments. Wes gives his best attempt at knowing he's going in with a losing argument, knowing he's probably not going to switch anyone's opinions, but he's got to give his efforts. He's got to talk through and he does in typical Wes fashion in the smartest way possible really lays out. Hey, I love when Wes is the only one that uses and sometimes bananas, but mostly Wes uses the cycle, the word cycle, like, Hey, maybe we wait one more cycle. This isn't the right cycle. We're the ones doing everyone's dirty work publicly while they get to do it privately. We wait one cycle. We make whoever wins next time, or we're willing to do it next time, do so publicly. And hopefully we get to do so privately. And it just doesn't work. Michaela is immediately like, that's all good. I hear your points, but it's completely wrong. And none of us at this table are going to do anything you want. We've made up our minds, but I will do you the pleasure and the courtesy of walking you through it. And then she lays out the the best argument other than just like, we don't want the vets to run things again, which is the real argument. But she gives the really logical version of, look, I don't know if you noticed today at the Daily Challenge, but we really benefit because you're on our team and you tell us how to do things because you've done all this shit before. Well, that blue team, the only two people that got across were a red team was bananas and the person bananas helped because he is like you, he's an insider. He's got this info. And so we want to keep our insider. You, we want to get rid of their insiders, their vets, them, because then they lose that big advantage and we get to have an even bigger one by retaining you and having you around. So it's a masterful job of one. It's just logical and makes perfect sense Two, it lets Wes know we are coming for everyone you're working with, but we don't like want you. There's not going to be self-sabotage in the team. We want you around on our team. If you're on our team, you're good. And then, you know, like just, it, it all works so well. It's so perfect. Just handled so well. Masterclass performance from her. And it was the best moment of the episode and was just indicative of just that Alliance uh, really knows what they're doing. And especially, you know, respectfully to Alyssa, Alyssa, and even Chanel, um, Michaela, Desi, Tiffany and Michelle is that's a powerhouse quartet alliance right there. Like that's that they've, they've got this in their hands currently and they seem like very confident and competent people that can handle 
having this game potentially in their hands and keeping it in their hands the whole season. So Michaela, best moment of the episode for sure. As for the episode MVP, I gave Michelle and Michaela a tie for fifth because they both deserve to be mentioned. Tiffany came in fourth, Desi third, Tori second, and Amanda first. I gave the MVP to Amanda, even if I... For as I said earlier, for the first time was a little like mm, it's getting a little sticky. Maybe I've seen it a little too many times. Uh, but she was still a powerhouse in the episode. You got you got to objectively say that she was present throughout the whole thing. She's making jokes, having jokes made about her. She was part of basically all the storylines. Um, very very involved, and so she's the episode MVP. Tori had a great episode, gets the win, gets some funny jokes off. Desi, Tiffany, Michaela, Michelle, obviously amazing episode, building the alliance. You know, Desi with the getting across twice, everything else. But Amanda's got to be the MVP. And then finally, we've got our power rankings and predictions on the female side. Big shakeup, big shakeup on both sides of the power rankings. Desi remains number one. Tori moves up from three to two. Our previous second place person, John A, is gone from the game. I'm putting Tiffany in third, Michaela in fourth, and I'm keeping Alyssa in fifth. Tiffany and Michaela not in the rankings previously. They move way in there now with their powerhouse alliance. I think Desi is in total control. Of this game is going to hopefully, you know, fingers crossed because we are rooting for her again, obviously is in just complete control. Amazing position. I don't see anyone trying her in any way. I think she's walking to this final and I think Tori is going to be really tough to beat. Even if she will continue to be targeted, Tiffany and Michaela in great spots. And I think Alyssa might be in a really good spot as well. Just kind of in the middle of everything quietly in the background on the male side. I know West is going to be a target, but I'm keeping West number one. I just, I don't know. I, it's going to be tough for someone to beat him. And I think he's less targeted than others. I think his team is the only team that actually wants to keep him while getting rid of the other vets. And I think the other teams are okay with all vets, including their own going. He's number one. Fessy's two. Josh is three. Those are up in the air though. The, the men's side is just completely up there. I didn't know who to put. I was like, I could make a case for bananas being near the top of this. I could make a case for Polly. I could make a case for dusty being a part of this. I could make a case for almost everyone, honestly, on the men's side, it's completely and utterly up in the air. I went with Wes, Fessy, Josh, dusty and Polly. I kept bananas out, even though I know he's about to go into a, multiple eliminations. But as I said, on the preview podcast, I think he could win versus this cast. And with that experience that we saw play out in the daily challenges episode, I think he could win himself two, three, who knows how many eliminations in a row, if he has to go into them. So he could be on this list. Anyone could be on this list. I know I just want Wes first. And I think Fessy's also in a pretty good spot. And I think Josh is, but might ruin it. <laughs> so those are still my top three. Dusty and Polly round out the top five because I have no idea what to do. Predictions. Speaking of having no idea, um, all three of mine that I made for episode two were wrong. Dusty gets thrown in, loses to Lewis. Wrong. Polly and Michelle get blamed for the vote on their own team. Wrong. Blue wins the second daily in a row. Wrong. All three wrong. 0 for 3. Great start to the season, Jacob. Good job. Predictions for next week, which will probably all be wrong too, but we're going to try to get back on track. We always, we always end up, by the end of every season, I'm almost always around 50% with these predictions. Now, some of that is the worse I get at them, the more layups I give myself, nice little easy ones to make. But, uh, you know, we're going to we're gonna find our way back to 50% or better. Predictions for next week's episode three on Thursday night. Man, it's so confusing. Big brother, folks, send me some messages. How do you how do you get used to watching multiple nights a week? It's, it's tough to keep up and remember and everything. Predictions for next Thursday's episode. Blue team wins. The red team descends into chaos. It will be a male elimination somehow, some way. 
and we will have the first person switch teams, but we won't know that it'll be a cliffhanger. We won't TJ will ask the question and it'll be cliffhanger. And then, so I guess this is a prediction for episode three and four that that person will actually switch teams. And if I go one step further and round out these predictions, it would all make sense if blue team wins, red teams in chaos, it's a male elimination and someone switches at the end of that. Sounds like bananas gets his first elimination win to me. So that's the full fledged five pronged predictions for next week. Yeah. Next week, episode four and or three and four, a little bit there. If I think the cliffhanger part will come true. So that's your predictions. That's your power rankings, your awards, your storylines, your whole entire podcast episode twos in the books. Thank you as always for being here. We'll be back next week or throughout this week with uh, episode three on Friday morning episode four on the following Monday morning. So USA two is going strong. That's all we've got for the next couple of weeks while we're rocking two episodes a week. Thanks for being here. Hit me up on Instagram. If you want to chat about the challenge at challenge historian, of course, hit subscribe, follow all good things. Thank you. Love you. Appreciate you till next time. Peace.